That's our trademark sound. Amen. So the beer is open. The show begins. A long-awaited return of Scott and Carl. That's right. Busy, busy. Yeah, we have we we should have a lot to cover, but really, I feel like we'll keep it pretty simple. We don't want to put too much on our plate or too much on the plate of the audience. No, we'll just uh, shoot the breeze today and see where it leads us. They can only handle so much of us anyway. So I don't think they get enough of us. Is that what you're hearing from the fan mail? Oh, okay. My, uh, the fan mail must be going to my junk account. Cause I'm not seeing any fan mail in my inbox. Yeah. Well, I'm sending them to myself. I'm the okay. only fan automated. You know. Yeah. You yes. just, yeah. Sit, make them automated. So it's kind of a surprise when it shows up. Uh, oh, we got another one. Awesome. <laughs> well, uh, kicking off the new year. Any, uh, any new Carl resolutions? None. <laughs> Usually I'll have None. some to start with. And this year I, uh, I took about a month and a half to even make resolutions of any kind. My resolution was to come up with some resolutions for a while. I thought about it. I've never made one in the past. So I figured why start now? Yeah. You don't, don't fix what's not, what's not broken. Yeah. Well, that's actually a good resolution this year. I'm not going to mess with things that aren't broken. It's a good one. Things that are broken. I'm, I'm going, still not going to mess with them. I'm not going to mess with them because I might make them worse. You know, hire, hire somebody else to do it. Yeah. Get a competent assistant who specializes in this. All right. Well, so, I know that the big thing on everyone's mind right now, it was only three days ago that my personal, my Los Angeles Rams became international world champions, <laughs> uh, the best football team on the planet. Uh, they might disagree in the world of soccer, but football to us means football. And so the Rams are still the best football team as far as I'm concerned, or at least they were last Sunday. They were on Sunday. I will give them that. And you and I kind of touched base a little after the game. and I was a little salty. Uh, I didn't have a preference in who won the game. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people here. Well, a lot of people here were rooting for the Rams because Stafford's a Texas boy. No, he's not. He graduated in Texas. He was born in Florida and raised in Georgia. That doesn't make you a Texan. Well, what high school did he go to? Highland Park, which is another argument I have. Highland Park is a very, very rich section of Dallas. I and, thought he uh, grew up west of Austin. No, he was in Dallas? He was in Dallas. Okay. And in my opinion, Dallas does not belong in Texas. So I don't claim him as a Texan. But interesting fact, Clayton Kershaw was Matthew Stafford's center in high school. Yeah. I The more I hear about Matthew Stafford, the more I like him. He seems pretty cool. And of all, you know, you, you reach a certain status in sports and you start hanging out with celebrity friends. And I love that Matthew Stafford's quote unquote celebrity best friend is his best friend from high school. It right. just happens to be that you are best friends with Clayton Kershaw in high school. Yeah, I mean, and both of them are mega athletes. And I mean, it is awesome. Congratulations to the Rams. The reason, I guess, if I was saying I was going to pull for anybody would have been the Bengals because I cannot stand OBJ. He, I've, I've never been a fan of the diva wide receivers. I got to say this year, though, he made a transition, I think, from the diva wide receiver to the much more mature playing number two, knowing that 
Cooper Cup is the number one on this team, choosing to kind of take a back seat for when he came to when he came to LA when he was still with Cleveland, he was being a diva. Yeah, I love. I mean, I didn't really follow him until he came to LA, and I know that LA kind of needed him when he showed up. And then once they lost Robert Woods, their number two receiver, that was a huge blow, and they really needed Odell to come in. And I'm so glad that he showed up. That he learned the playbook and towards the end of the year, especially in this game, it was looking like he was going to tear it up. I mean, it was obvious that the Bengals game plan was we're not going to let you throw it to Cooper Cup and we're going to double, triple team (laughs) until the very end of the game. Well, even at that point, it was like we have no one else to throw it to. The starting tight end was out. Uh, The backup tight end was also injured. So we had our third string tight end. We lost our number two receiver, the number three receiver, like Van Jefferson, he's fine, but he's not, right. <laughs> you, you can't go to him in crunch time. And so as many, as many people as, as the Bengals wanted to put on Cooper cup, Stafford and cup were like, uh, we we're going to make this happen one way or another. Like we have to move the ball. And that guy was incredible getting open oh, and, all, all year long. Yeah, but I mean, when they know that's where the ball's going and you still get it there. Well, and I don't know if you've had a chance to watch that one video of that, the pass that Stafford threw the cup on that last drive where he, it was like a no-look pass. And it shows it from Stafford's view where he, you know, he looks this way and you just see that linebacker cheat over and then he just zips it. I mean, incredible, incredible. And I've- I've heard he's been doing those no look passes his whole career, but nobody's oh, yeah. really nobody really pays attention because you're in Detroit doing it. You're in Detroit, you know, Patrick Mahomes does it and he's the greatest to ever played the game. Patrick Mahomes does not do it the way Matthew Stafford does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Granted, had- be- before before this, Patrick Mahomes was doing it and winning a Super Bowl. So sure. now I think Stafford's getting the recognition for that talent right and what stafford has going for him is Brittany and jackson mahomes are not related to him i don't know who they are but that that's patrick mahomes wife and brother and they're famous for spraying champagne on everybody at a football game when it's like 20 degrees outside or doing a tiktok dance on the sidelines and running her mouth and it's ridiculous you know what i love is that i don't know that and i don't know who they are <clears throat> you're lucky i would love to not know who they are whenever i feel annoyed about a certain celebrity or somebody is like annoying me in the public sphere somebody i don't know personally you know i'm like wait why do i know them why am i paying attention to them i'm choosing to expose myself to them well (laughs) like kim kardashian doesn't know me she doesn't know anything and i don't like, so if I'm getting a bunch of stories about her, for a different example, part of that is on me. <laughs> well, with, with Brittany and Jackson Mahomes, you can't miss it. If you, if you watch the game and they do a lot of that, like the cameras always go to the wives or they always, um, and anything ESPN puts online, there's always a story about them. It's like, I come here to read sports. I don't give two shits about Jackson Mahomes and his skinny pants doing a damn dance on the sideline. Yeah, and that's like with ESPN, for example, I'd say I don't like the fact that you guys cover the families of players as much as the game or, you know, yeah. so I'm going to go to this. I'm going to go to CBS Sports or I'm going to go to the ringer or something else. 
I do. Sure. I, I read. I read a lot of Bleacher Sports. I like that one. But ESPN is becoming a TMZ. I don't care about your political beliefs. I don't care what this player's wife is doing. I'm here for sports. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, uh, I think. Oh, today is actually the parade, and I'm. I missed. Yeah, it. I was going to ask you why you weren't down there. I've been watching uh, or seeing pictures of it on Instagram all afternoon. It's not that far away. It's uh, because I'm pretty comfortable at home. That's something I learned about myself over these last couple of years. It's, <laughs> it's pretty nice. I, w- I was real comfortable at home, but I had to go get a get my CAT scan this morning. So I had to get out and about. Uh, well, let's see what, what else uh, we've got here. The, uh, the other game related, I mean, we were debating penalties a little bit. Well, here's where when, when I was talking to you the other day, when I was talking about the penalties, as an official, you can't change the way you call a game at the end of the game. You let them play and you let them get away with stuff for damn near four quarters. And then at the very end, you just squeeze it shut and you're going to call every little penalty that you see and in all actuality in football you can throw a flag on every single play there's holding on every single play it's not always caught a lot of times it is caught and they, if it's not extreme they just don't even bother with throwing a flag so that was my complaint after the game as you let them play the way you let them play leading up to it sure the Rams may have won Bengals may have, I mean I don't know I just feel that the the officials helped move that ball down the field. And there's a lot of players that have come out from other teams that have said the exact same thing. Well, I've seen the only play, the only call that I've seen criticized is the one holding. That was not a hold. Because the other one, the the unnecessary roughness, that was a helmet to helmet, which is illegal. Not in the NFL. I looked it up. It's illegal as of 96. Well, you it's illegal, but you get fined for it. I no, you know, never, you get a fifteen-yard penalty. It's a, it's a targeting, like hel- helmet to helmet. You can't hit somebody. You can't go in and do. I'm going to hit you in the helmet with my helmet. They said <laughs> enough brain injuries. There's an e- you, if you can't tackle a guy by just tackling him, and you're going to spear him with your helmet. He didn't spear him. It was face mask to barely face mask. The receiver was actually up in the air higher than that other dude. It was not a necessary roughness. That was a bullshit call. Helmet to helmet, man. I'm just like, you guys learn how to call, how to tackle without doing that. And Cooper Cup did look pretty slow getting up. If you, if there was a, uh, a critique to make on the officiating, I think it would be um, the protocol for concussions is usually if somebody's slow to get up after a helmet to helmet, you have to make them sit out until they That's- pass the concussion protocol. And well, I think that doesn't fall on the officials that falls on your team. I think he's forced to, I think it's in the rules that if you think somebody might've suffered, right. That, that's a judgment call. I mean, an official can say you're done. He'll sit down, but ultimately it comes down to your, especially in the NFL, they have doctors that are trained to look for signs of a concussion. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think that maybe if that happens earlier in the game, or if it's not in the Super Bowl, Cooper Cup has to go sit down for a few plays. Sure, um, and that I would say helps the Rams in that he was able to keep playing in the game after getting his bell rung. Well, but the but, actual 
play <laughs> where he gets his head hit like that, I do think that that's a fair penalty. The holding, I, I like you said, that's that's football. The but NFL, a, but the NFL has done a beautiful, beautiful job of ruining the game of football. But the I, rules I, are what they are. But it, again, tomato, tomato. Yes, that may be a rule, maybe. But it's also a judgment call. My judgment was that was not unnecessary roughness. As a receiver, from the time you start playing the game of football, you're taught you're going to go over the middle, you're going to take shots. Deal with it. That's what you're taught. As a defensive back, you're taught to give the shots, deliver the blow, knock the shit out of them. And now all of a sudden, here comes Roger Goodell and the almighty NFL, and let's start changing things. I don't, I'm not a fan of these protocols to eliminate concussions. These kids, these men, they know what they're getting into. They signed up to play this game. They know the risk. You're making millions of dollars. If you get a concussion, deal with it. Same thing with quarterbacks. Can't hit them low, can't hit them high. What you, 10 years are going to have flags around the waist. You're not going to be able to tackle a quarterback. Knee injuries, it's, it's all part of the game. Yeah, I think that we want to keep the game competitive. We want to keep talented people joining the NFL. And if you're going to end up well, as ten, long as ten years them. after ten years after retirement, if everybody's got brain injuries and no parent wants to let their kid play football anymore, then you, the game suffers from that. So if you can find a way to keep the game competitive and safer, I think that, like you said, a receiver, especially Cooper, who's playing the slot, he takes a lot of hits. Like he knows that going across the middle, he's going to get hit. You're just not supposed to get hit helmet to helmet. You're not supposed to take that shot to your head from somebody else's head. You you can just like lay somebody out body to body and he well, takes hit, all of those hits and he can deliver them too. Well, it's the same thing when they brought in the new role last year, the year before about roughing the passer and quarterback would get sacked and they would land on him and they throw a flag for roughing the passer because he was landed on. What are you supposed to do? And they need to alter the that rule that you're talking about. If it's malicious, if it's an, if you have intent, sure, it's a penalty. But when you're going 100 miles an hour and you're just trying to make a play, it is what it is. It's part of the game. Can't handle it, don't play it. Well, I, that's what I'd say as far as like if you can't keep from spearing somebody in the head with your helmet, don't play the game. Like well, tackle them. Like put your shoulder into them. Like just right. But a lot of times people are just diving in there trying to make a play. There's no intent to – because it's just as dangerous on the guy that does spear them as it is the guy that they're hit. Well, one is in motion. I don't know. I'd just say, like, he wasn't thrown out of the game or anything. This it's Accidents happen. But, like, if you do break a, a rule, there's a penalty. And they got him for uh, – what? well, it, all it did was offset a holding call, I think, right? Because the Rams, Rams wow. linemen, I think, held – Right, and, which would have backed the Rams up, and then the next play was a touchdown. Or the I next mean, that, play was a pass interference. That play was a touchdown, wasn't it? No. Cooper caught the ball in the end zone. But it was knocked out of him when he got popped. I think he landed with it. I don't think he did. I could be wrong. I don't know. I was too frustrated. But that, yeah, but the holding call would have brought it back anyway, and then the targeting call offset the holding call, and it was like, let's pretend like that play never happened. Yeah, dumb. <laughs> let's get let's get on to the halftime show. What were yeah, your opinions su- on it? I was surprised by your comment on the halftime show because to me, 
this was nostalgia. Like we used to watch these like Bruce Springsteen and the rolling, like other people would be playing. And to me, it was like, this is for a different generation. Why is the Super Bowl always catering to the old folks? And then this time I'm like, Hey, these songs we are the old folks. Exactly. I'm like, oh. these songs are like 20, almost 30 years old. Some in some cases, I'm surprised they didn't do like ain't nothing but a G thing. But See, me, it, that's my complaint on it. That was the first. It, yeah. Is, is Dre did nothing from the the original chronic album. Snoop did nothing from the doggy style album. And in my opinion, Kendrick Lamar got way more airtime than he should have had. I think Eminem should have had more than Lamar. And I don't think 50 Cent belonged there, period. I think we can agree with 50 Cent. I was watching him perform and I was like, I don't know who this is for. But then I've seen the clips of LeBron James dancing in the stands. To the, Have you seen this? Yes. Oh, my God. He's getting into it. I was like, oh, okay. I guess there is a demographic of people who were like, really into this song but i was never that into that song no I, i've never been a 50 fan i think they could have easily replaced him with an ice cube i think that would have been great my i've yeah. seen in the past where they've done an nwa tribute and it was they added it was dre and ice cube and then they added snoop and eminem i think they could have done something like that i did like that dre paid homage to uh tupac yeah that I, that was i mean ice cube would have been an obvious addition i do think that there's a rift between them especially since in recent years ice cube has taken some interesting positions and i don't know if personally dre is willing to work with ice cube i don't know yeah, what don't bridges know. might be burned between them I'll, but obviously I'll, when they were, when they were releasing the like the lineup i thought uh this is an la thing i get it eminem is from detroit uh, I get, and Fiddy are from Brooklyn. Like I get that they brought him he like Dre brought him here to make him famous and record his albums and stuff. And I guess Eminem probably lives here now. I don't know where he lives, but that's not a Southern California rapper. You don't think of sure. Eminem as, as but Ice Cube very much would have been. Uh, oh, Kendrick, absolutely. Kendrick Lamar very much is. And I, I did like that he's the only kind of like current contemporary rapper there. Mm -hmm. Um and honestly, like I thought I thought he had a good amount of time because watching Dre and Snoop as fun as that was to see them in that big stadium living it up with all of like these songs that I remember there's not a lot of energy there I mean they're old guys <laughs> <laughs> and they're kind of like walking around on top of the house and then Snoop is going down the stairs into this <laughs> room I, I wonder if he had one of those little seats that sit on the room <laughs> And then when Kendrick came on with these, I don't know, the choreography to me was sharper than anything I've ever seen in the Super Well, I don't know. I, it's hard to compare to other Super Bowls, but that was some tight choreography. And all of a sudden there was like this energy that felt very fresh and revitalized. And then after him to go into Eminem, I thought was just like, wow, here's the, you know, when Eminem came on, it's, you know, here's the song that everybody's probably been pumped up to for so many NFL games over the years. And now you're playing at the halftime. I, I will rank it up there with probably top three that I personally enjoyed. I still think, and I, and I can't re remember the year 93, maybe that the Rose bowl when Michael Jackson did it to me, that's still the greatest. 
with with the caveat i was thinking the same thing i'm like just for for our age that michael jackson performance was as good as it gets right and i hold that performance responsible for what the halftime show is today uh my other one in the top three you touched on a while ago i like the real songs there, i mean oh well, yeah over the years like every generation appreciates the rolling stones i don't so, know if, I, I would have to go back and watch that performance but i don't know if uh, i mean it, it wasn't anything special but it was the rolling stones i mean yeah i hear people say you know when they start talking about the greatest halftime performances bringing up prince playing purple rain in the rain i'm not a huge i'm not a big prince fan so it's hard for me but i get that that's pretty iconic <laughs> prince was good i forgot about prince uh, anyway um, you know, I, you know who, as far as an entertainer, that would be a great halftime show, but would probably cause a lot of bitching would be Garth Brooks. He's a great entertainer. I mean, is he still? He's touring right now. He is yeah. okay. I mean, yeah. I would think Garth Brooks would be an amazing halftime show. About the same time that we watched Michael Jackson, he'd be up there running around and uh, smashing guitars. All oh, he, yeah, he still does all that that nonsense today and for some reason when he does it i don't mind usually when an artist smashes a guitar you have to have earned that like don't right. just be smashing guitars but he's earned that right oh absolutely and apparently there's some beef with him and tom segura the comedian oh garth okay. garth, garth has kicked him off of his social media pages <laughs> <laughs> and i kind of i kind of read this article yesterday and, and i don't understand the full story to it but apparently when garth announced this big ass stadium tour that he's still on from 2019 uh segura got on there and said something about where are you hiding all the bodies you have to be a serial killer to have this much success you're just making a joke out of it so now apparently a bunch of people get on there anytime garth puts something on social media and that's what they ask where are the bodies garth where are the bodies garth and i guess garth is getting fed up with it but I think it's funny. Yeah, I mean, that's the weird thing about social media. <laughs> it can be funny, and then somebody just gets tired of getting constantly harassed with the same joke, and suddenly it's not funny. Yes, but you put yourself in that high position. See if I can flip this around. We got a countdown here. Yeah, well, uh, I guess that's our other big news story to cover is uh, – well, the audience at home doesn't see that you are referring to your wedding in 10 days. Yeah, almost single digits. Uh, and hey, you know, I get to see you in 10 days. So. Mm -hmm. We're going to live it up. We're going to have a good time. I'm going to see you on the last day of your single life. Yeah. What time did y'all say y'all were going to roll in, Angelo? I mean, we'll cover that. The podcast mm -hmm. audience doesn't need to know travel plans. <laughs> hey. Maybe they want to get to the airport when you're going to be there. Take a selfie with you. You, <laughs> you can sign their forehead, so make sure you carry a Sharpie with you. Well, that's exactly that. I'm, I'm not trying to get mobbed at the airport. We can't let this information get out. But I, what I think is, you know, relationship advice here, Carl, going in, what can you share with us? Oh, uh, just be happy. I mean, that that's ultimately what it's all about. And beer went down the wrong sub find someone that uh that gets you and i mean laugh with them and basically find your 
find your best friend. But oh. also understand they're not going to get you all the time, and don't hold them to that standard. True. I mean, <laughs> you you are going to have your arguments, and I guess what I've learned over the last few years of being with Marissa is the the communication aspect of it. I'm the type of person that I don't want to talk about it. Let it go. She's the type of person that likes to talk every little minor detail of it out. And it drives me batty. But I've learned that when I do talk about it, things surprisingly get resolved. I mean, that's hard to believe. <laughs> but it just, I don't know. I, I, th- I think when you can find your best friend and someone that you look forward to coming home to, that you look forward to going grocery shopping with or just whatever, just spending time with them. That to me is what makes a success, a successful relationship. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that you hear the husband and wife jokes all the time, not wanting to go home. or oh, I got to do this. My wife wants me to do this. And are, are they truly happy? Probably not, but I think they're complacent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You tell me you've been in a relationship for a while. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, four and a half years now. but that's why yeah this is the longest relationship i've had and sort of to me it's the same thing you were saying beautiful beautifully put by the way and yeah finding somebody that you can laugh with that you enjoy doing things together and for me personally like not holding them to this perfection standard that they're not going to be exactly like you every single person is their own individual and you're never going to find somebody that's going to agree with you all the time. And even if you did, wouldn't that be a boring relationship? Absolutely. So I try to embrace the fact that Corinne has made me grow as a person. I'm not the same person I was four years ago. And I think, I think I'm a better person as a result. <laughs> you have to make, I'd have to see that other Scott side by side. We'll do a comparison, but I have to say that I think uh, this Scott has been challenged in good ways and grown from it. And I think that's an important aspect of a partner. Somebody who oh, does not just put up with your bullshit, but sometimes calls you on it. Absolutely. <laughs> Even though it frustrates me when she calls me on it, but <laughs> I have it coming. So, you know, yep. I mean, hell that's what we, we for Valentine's day. We went grocery shopping. It was the best day, best Valentine's day I've ever had. Oh man. We, Corinne, Corinne's family is coming this weekend. And she doesn't want me to get them sick because I was around someone who was sick and I had a Super Bowl party. And so she was like, we had Valentine's Day over Zoom. Nice. (laughs) And we live in the same city. (laughs) (laughs) This is not like a long distance Zoom. And yeah, my house isn't rented right now. So it's like very well, we could just be spending this week together. So even on Super Bowl weekend, you couldn't get it rented out? Oh, here's uh, this is a whole side um, thing. The city I mean, of Los Angeles has denied my home sharing short term permit app reapplication, I guess, renewal. They said that my driver's license picture was fuzzy or something. They're like, we can't establish that this is your primary residence based on your documents. So you're going to need to re upload them. And it was a one email they sent me back in December. Of course, it goes to like junk or I don't know. I get a lot of emails. I don't want to sure. look, I'm not trying to brag, but I get a lot of email. And I didn't see this one. And 45 days later, that was my grace period. Uh, my ability to rent out the house <laughs> got nixed. <laughs> so yeah, I'm getting a lot more, uh, a lot more time in the house now. So I'm trying to embrace that, do some, some 
projects. I need to paint the cabinets. I need backyard work. Yeah, Speaking I know. Of which, yeah. I've got backyard work to do myself. Well, we're going to let the folks know all about how that turned out on our next recording, probably when Carl's a married man. I will be a married man, and it'll be sometime in March, because we won't be back until March the 6th. All right. Well, uh, March 5th. March 5th. Hopefully, our audience can wait until then. In the meantime, send us all of your uh, all of your email, all of your fan mail. Send us that fan mail. I will promise we will respond. Great. Personally. Great. <laughs> Did we get to think, it all? I think so. All not right. much left. Not much left to cover. Oh, we could easily talk for a couple more hours, but I do think that condensing it into an episode is uh, talk about learning and growing. <laughs> <laughs> we're growing together Scott. <laughs> we're going to keep this stuff under an hour now <laughs> and closer to 30 minutes if possible <laughs> works for me then maybe I'm... more more people listen to it because i know when i see a podcast come up that's like two hours that's an investment i don't think i'm yes. listening to that yes yeah it's unless it's a actual story not just scott and carl rambling we had topics that's true we did and we come into this unprepared I jotted down a couple topics just so that if we're deviating too far, I can bring it back to something that the audience might care about. If it's just Scott and Carl shooting the shit about what we care about. Nobody listens. <laughs> I don't care. What's your favorite track from Bleach? Because I like Mr. Mustache. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to go with about a girl. Uh, speaking of the 90s and that, that album, have you seen the little documentary on Sup up? No. Oh, yeah. Here's our media recommendation. What is it? Where is it? Uh, that, that's a great question. I think it's on Hulu. It's called uh, The Dark Times of the 90s. There's like 10 different episodes and they cover Y2K. They cover, it says grunge, but it's mainly sub pop. And it, it's very, very interesting. Uh, they cover all kinds of stuff. I watched that one. I watched one on all like Fox getting started with the 90210 Melrose Place Party of Five. That was pretty interesting. But that sub pop one was great. I mean, brings back bands that I haven't even thought about in years. Yeah. Well, I will check it out if I find out where it is. Um, it is on. It is on Hulu. Oh, it is on Hulu. All right. Now. Uh, I'll recommend something on YouTube that I watched. Not often that a, that a good stand-up special isn't on Netflix. It's just on YouTube, and it's totally free. And Shane Gillis has okay. a live show that he recorded in Austin. And I would be curious to see what, what you think, Carl. Well, we can watch it this evening because we do love some stand-up. Yeah, he's, uh, he's the guy you may, might remember was oh so briefly a SNL cast member before he was canceled for some previous jokes that he said on a podcast recording somewhere before before america got stupid before well this was i don't know what year did america get stupid (laughs) (laughs) well we got we got really stupid the last eight years or so uh this was uh this was like two years ago or something i think that all that happened but Mm -hmm. um he's talked about it since and he was like i get it like SNL makes a business decision and if, and he was never even that excited about joining the cast anyway. And he didn't think it was going to be a good fit anyway, but he's just, he is somebody who pushes buttons, but I have to admit when I was watching it, it's rare that I laugh out loud. Sure. 
when watching comedy, I can appreciate a good joke and I'm still not laughing, but sometimes I'll just be caught by surprise and I have to. Laugh. Well, I did try really, really hard since I knew you were going to be here next weekend to get us out of the wedding because that same night, Rob Snyder is performing here in Angela. <laughs> Of course, my idea was shot down. But. Uh, you know what? I have to choose wedding over Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> now, Bob, Bob Schneider, on the other hand, Bob no. I would leave. I would get up and leave the wedding to go over and make a Bob Schneider show. I haven't seen that guy in years. He's so I, fun live. Todd Snyder's on my bucket list. Oh, man. How many Schneiders are there roaming around? Oh, man. But. San Angelo's moving up in the world. So we've got Rob Snyder coming in that weekend. March 19th at the River Stage, we have Too Short, Cypress Hill, Ice Cube, Paul Wall, whoever that dude is, and somebody else. I'm like, the tickets for that one are like 200 bucks. I'm like, no, I don't want to see Ice Cube that bad. Yeah. And then we have Rodney Carrington coming in as well, which he's hilarious. Yeah. Um, Good yeah. stuff. And yet we still travel to go to concerts. I get to go to the grand opening of the Moody Center in Austin for the George Drake. That's going to be awesome. March. And then, the of course, Moody, in Cent- Moody Center is just now opening. Yes. I thought the Moody Center was where the new ACL was. Huh. The Moody Center will be the new basketball and concert venue. So this is this is the final year of the Frank Irwin Center. Uh, supposedly this place was designed because the acoustics at the Irwin Center are shit for concerts. I've never been to a show there. I don't know. But this was designed for concerts. So they the said last, there's not a- The last time I was in the Frank Irwin Center that I can remember, it was during some basketball playoff, something or other. Tickets must have been pretty cheap to whatever this was. And I just remember the game was going on and it was quiet at some point. I don't know, maybe free throws or something and this was circa 2003 four or five i don't know when i was in austin and somebody just we were in the middle of the iraq war and uh saddam had gone like underground and we were like trying to find his weapons of mass destruction still and didn't know where he was hey we're still looking oh yeah one of these days (laughs) (laughs) uh and i remember it was really quiet and then um somebody just yells we got him. It's like what? this is before everybody had Twitter or whatever. So I don't know how he got the alert. <laughs> he was like one of the only people in there with a cell phone. Now we had cell phones at that point, but somebody must have called him and he felt like he needed to let us know in the auditorium at the Frank Irwin Center. And at nice. first I was like, did we get Bin Laden? No, of course we didn't get Bin Laden. Yeah. We got Saddam though cuz he had something to do with 9/11. Yeah. I, I I, I still don't understand that one, but hey. <laughs> For another episode. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been good seeing you, and I look forward to seeing you in person next week. Sir. Sure. What? Oh, I was going to say, let's end this, and then we can discuss. Oh, yeah, travel plans. All right. Yes. To the audience, bye, everybody. Peace out. Don't forget to moisturize. <laughs>